Hey everybody, Editor Gabby here. I know we don't know each other very well, but I just wanted to say hello and welcome to Quest. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We're all super excited to get this project off the ground. Um, just a little precursor to the episode, with the new OGL that has been released in the past few weeks, um, we just wanted to talk about it really quick and how that affects our podcast or um, what may need to happen in the future. So we as a team sat down and decided that since our podcast falls into the fan creation category that we are essentially protected and that... Um, we can continue to create the podcast as long as we don't use any of our characters or any of our story arcs, like write them down and try to sell them as gaming material to you guys. So essentially we're okay, but if there were ever to be a time where, you know, Hasbro decided to send us some sort of cease and desist or there was some sort of issue, um, then we might have to pivot and switch gears a little. And if that were the case, then, you know, we hope you guys will be patient with us and uh, navigate this territory as we figure it out because this is brand new to everybody. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Rowan and uh, we're going to go ahead and start this episode. Thanks, guys. Hi there. Welcome to Quest. This is the Galactic Descent. Today I'm joined by Marlena. A bard oh. with stage fright. Ooh. Austin Khan. Bones. Um, and why am I missing some? And last but not least, Gabby Judge. Sienna Starlight, the uh, smuggler with serious daddy issues. And I am the Dungeon Master, my name is Rowan, and I'm very excited to start this uh, episode zero with the three of you. Uh, this is a long time coming, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope that you guys are, and I hope that you are as well. So, our players know this slight recapping, um, and we're going to start all of our episodes with a slight recap, because this is episode zero, we're going to give a slight recap of what's going on in the broader sense of the world. Mm -hmm. um, eons ago, life was contained to this one realm, one planet, if you're more familiar with the concept. Until one day, life found its way to push beyond the boundary of their home and live amongst the stars. Today, life has found its way to multiple different realms. People and cultures have evolved and thrived. And where there are people, there is always someone clawing for control. The Republic of Realms is a system of government meant to benefit the peoples of all systems. Recently, however, there were some realms that voiced their disapproval to certain policies and set out to form their own system of government, the Union of Realms and Systems. Worse yet, a full-scale intergalactic war has broken out because of this between the Republic and the URS, and now threatens the life on both sides. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just don't have the soundboard to, it's eventually season two, we're already yeah. talking about it. Yeah, um, not yet, but <laughs> one day. One Hopefully. Day. Just One day, I shall come back. Yes, uh, I shall come back. Uh, Just editing, Gabby. Put everything in post. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, editing, Gabby. We are going to start with our friend Bones, and I'm going to ask a very important question. Okay. 
do any of you happen to already know each other? Um, like, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, um, depends, like, on, like, what affiliation each character has. Because, of course, my character has a very long-spanning history of, like, since, you know, his age. So he, I feel like he doesn't know anyone per se, but recognizes people. Like, oh, I, like, almost like uh, in the way like the doctor goes, oh, I know that person. Like, I, I've heard of you, but I've never, like, know you by reputation or like, I've seen okay. you, but, not, but I've never really met you, met you. Um, Marlena, would you happen to, would um, Willow happen to know anybody? Um, probably not from our group. Okay. She would also know people by reputation, but not exactly as much. She tends to kind of, if she's not, you know, like going around performing and connecting and everything, it's just like. I have a a good place for us to start then. Um, So we are going to start with our friend Bones. Now Bones is, being a, a a discharged member of the military um, from the Republic, he's uh, now trying to carve a life for himself. And moving from place to place, he found himself in the center system of the Republic. And the name for that, because I know it off the top of my head, is... Uh, the name for the system is Senratum. 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 I will put that in the chat so you guys can see it. Senratum. Can I ask what kind of environment this system is? I'm assuming it's uh, like this kind of. Um, right now, he finds himself in a rather rural part of the planet. Um, he is. Okay. Uh, like it being a the the center of the republic, there are definitely uh, incredible metropolises uh, on one hemisphere of the the planet. However, Bones has found himself on a uh, on the opposite side, and he's right now just uh, more in the mindset of trying to offer a helping hand in exchange for a place to sleep for the night and trying to eventually get to a point where he can put Centaro, um, Sen Rodham behind him. Um, so we find Bones right now. Uh, this is how you spell it too. Center of the Republic. Here we go. Um, so uh, Bones finds himself in this tavern, in, in this really small way station kind of town. Um, it, the town itself has no more than 10, 12 buildings um, that are, thank you for putting it there too. Uh, uh, the town itself has no more than 10 or 12 buildings uh, with a large uh, path or road stri- uh, making its way through town. Um, the town itself actually doesn't have 
a name. It's uh, because people just only stop in long enough to spend one night and continue moving on. Uh, people just refer to it as the way station or one of the way stations or something like that. Um, so you find yourself at a tavern, um, which existing in this universe, you under it's weird to see not only like the medieval influences that you see in the more rural parts of Senratum, but you also see the uh, you also see the influences from travelers or from the big cities and from the capital um, where things have the occasional metal influence. Uh, when people think about what makes something in my head uh, look medieval, they think more wood paneling, they think more uh, an older style or a rustic style. But when they think sci-fi, they think, you know, the metal and the gears and that. The inside of this tavern, which uh, the bartender refers to as the hole in the wall, um, the you'll see that there are some influences to reflect both the ruralness from this hemisphere of the planet, as well as the uh, the influences from the larger uh, metropolises uh, that the planet is more known for. So um, you find yourself in a relatively large area. Um, it might have been a converted um, garage of sorts or a hangar, um, but now it's used as a bar. So you see uh, when you go into the bar, there is uh, the big double doors that kind of in a zip open. Um, there is the bar that spans the entire length of one of the walls um, and as well as a number of tables dotting the floor and a balcony in the back with a staircase leading up to it. In the tavern itself, there's six people excluding you um, and uh, you find yourself sitting at the bar and the bartender, who is a who's a human, he has a a big bushy beard with no mustache, um, and uh, and wild hair. It's all combed back, and he'll come up. And he's and he's cleaning a glass. We'll say, so, what can I do you for? Just some water and maybe some stew to nourish my very very tired body. Okay, all right, come on right up. Don't worry about it, champ, I'll be right back. And he'll, he'll meander off and uh, he'll come back with a, uh, in a few minutes with a large stein filled with water. Uh, and he'll come back with a, a decent sized bowl of stew. Um, and as long as you look at it just like that, yeah, that's fine. Uh, if he'll set down this bowl of uh, of stuff and the tankard, and he'll ask you uh, for. Let's just see. I'm just double checking your character sheet for your inventory. C. 
see how well off you are. Oh, buddy. <laughs> I forgot to give myself gold, didn't I? Yep. Uh, you got 30 copper. Mm. Right. No, you have 30 gold. You have 30 gold. Uh, I read that backwards. Never mind. Uh, so, yeah, you have. Uh, so, he'll look at you and he'll say, uh, for all of this, uh, are you going to be spending the night? If I can, I will. Okay. Uh, all of this together, one gold. All right. Uh, I give him uh, the go- like one gold and just set it on the counter. Yeah. Uh, and you'll notice that the, uh, the, the coins are less traditional coin shaped. Uh, think more of like a, a sci-fi kind of shape, like the long rectangles. Um, so not round coins, but like long rectangles. So you'll have the uh, the one gold bar or the one gold rectangle onto the counter and uh, he'll take it and you'll see him put the bar between his fingers and then and then uh, he'll uh, he'll pull open his apron and he'll drop it in and I'll be like, all right, I'll be right back with the key and he'll meander off again. And as he does, um, you will see a um, you will see one of his employees, uh, a half elf who is a uh, a younger looking man. Um, he'll come out from the back because there's a couple of doors to behind the bar. Uh, he'll come out from behind the bar and he'll make his way and he'll come out from actually behind the bar to post a, uh, a letter onto a bulletin board um, that is near the doors of the tavern. Um, what does it say? Well, you can certainly get up and make your way over. And uh, when you do, you'll see that the, uh, the young half-elven man, um, he has some... Uh, he has some very noticeable scarring coming down his face in a very uh, marbled kind of looking pattern. Um, and uh, he he's wearing a, a red tunic and a black kilt. And he'll say, uh, coming to look for any new jobs? Uh, yes, any uh, that, that can take me. I do need some work. All right. Well, I mean... They didn't give us how much they were going to pay, but they said that there was something uh, out in the woods, um, something to do with uh, with with orcs. I, I'm not sure. This is the newest one that just came in, but it said that it's uh, that it's deep in the woods, um, maybe a day or two trek from from here at least, not on the path. So. Uh, if you want it, I don't even have to tack it up, which saves me the trouble. Uh, what are the orcs? What have they been doing? Uh, they just say that they've been causing trouble. And uh, they need somebody to take care of it. I could uh, have a stab at it. Sure. Stab at it. Shoot at it. Slap him around, or whatever floats your boat. <laughs> he'll he'll give you a shrug and he'll turn around and go back to work. 
So it's uh, just you standing in the middle of the room now. I, I get. Uh, I guess I take. Um, like I'm guessing it's like a wanted poster or something, right? Yeah. Uh, so like you said, he. It was like a contract kind of written up thing. Um, you'll have. You'll know that because of the expanse of the universe itself, there are ways to have messages show up like magic uh, written in the air or written on something already. Um, but this part of the world is in the state that it's in where they don't have that magic readily available to them. So they, uh, they still have those handwritten notes and they still have you know things tacked up on a wall somewhere. Um, he didn't even get the chance to tack it to the wall. Uh, he just handed it to you shrugged and went back to work okay so i, I uh since i have it i'll just um t- go back to the bar sit down and because i do need to eat <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you can you can finish your stew uh the bartender will come back over and he'll make small talk with you uh he's a lovely man with a uh with a odd sort of accent you can tell that he's not from Sinratum. um but he's a he's a nice enough man, and he'll uh, he'll spend the time talking to you and doing his job as you finish the stew. Uh, he'll come back and he'll drop the uh, the key for the room. Um, you'll see that the room number that is a little wooden placard attached to an old skeleton key. Again, to help reinforce the state of this area of the planet. Um, the the skeleton key tag says three on it. Um, and he'll give you a warm smile and he'll continue working. So you can finish your stew. What do you want to do? Uh, I'll quickly finish the stew. Um, thank him and then go up to the room to uh, you know just check it out. Maybe like just rest a little and then um, head out to just scout out to see what, like, what the orcs are doing. Okay. Uh, going up to the room, uh, you can see that the uh, the bar, like I said, it used to be an old hangar, converted into this uh, this rustic style bar. The uh, it has uh, one of the staircases going up the side goes to a balcony for more drink for more drinking area, but the other staircase uh, ignores that balcony and goes past that to a hallway in the back that leads to a uh, to six doors lining the hallway. Um, one of them you can see has a, uh, a placard all the way in the back on the left that says employees only, and the other ones are numbered. So you find one that says three. Um, I assume you do, actually. What do you do at the top of the stairs? Um, well, I do, uh, while I'm curious about the employees only door, I ignore it for now, and I go to my assigned room. Okay. Uh, you go to the assigned room, and the key works on the door. Da 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 da. And you're... <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh at me, Gabby. Uh, so it was just very cute. Okay. Just da 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 da. That was. Oh. So the uh, the key works on the door. Um, you're able to open the door and see that it's a an old style um, 
actually something that you're rather used to. It looks like they're repurposed, um, out-of-date, refurbished uh, military cots. Um, it, it looks like uh, this small little village was just cobbled together from some kind of military outpost. And uh, I'm going to need you to give me... Yeah, give me a uh, give me a D twenty charisma roll. Okay. Okay. That that'd be uh, seven. Cool. Uh, you see the uh, you see this old metal frame of a cot that you've spent umpteen nights in, and you stare at it for a moment, and after a while, you finally blink. And you look at the room that you're standing in, and it's even more familiar. This is one of the barracks that you've that you've spent so many nights in, and you can hear over uh, what sounds like a, a a way of making someone's voice travel. You can hear something indistinctly. You can hear the the, the boot falls of soldiers running outside of the door and the room starts to spin and the lights flicker and you blink again and you're back in this in room and uh austin for the next little while if uh you have to make a any charisma based skill check uh it's going to take a minus one to it Okay, um, okay, let me write that down. Um, you're good. You're good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you when uh, that that fades on you. Um, but it's just something that it, I think it is still very real for bones. Um, just the littlest things can still get to him. He he tries to distance himself all the time from from these. Uh, from that life that he once lived, excuse me, but he uh, he finds that that's more challenging than he originally thought. But he's but still he persists. Um, so cautiously and uh, anxiously, uh, you inspect the rest of the room. It's not a big room. It might be uh, ten by ten. Uh, there is one the one old cot in the middle of the room. It has a, a new uh, mattress on it. Um, you're not sure, you know, what kind of mattress it is, uh, but it looks like it's not going to be the worst thing you've ever sleep, slept on. Um, you know, it has a blanket, it has a chair in the corner of the room and a small end table with a, uh, with a candlestick on it. Um, the it has a window to it that shows like the uh, the back of the the tavern the hole in the wall um, and it basically just shows like that this hangar was like up against like this huge hill so like it's basically just like maybe like a, a twenty foot fall and then like trees and you know like backyard kind of stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, so you can explore that, 
uh, you can then um, make your way out of the tavern. You said that you wanted to ex uh, follow up with that let with that note that you got. Yeah, um, I look around and and I pause and I sit down on the cat. I can never bloody escape this, can I? Uh, you sit down on the edge of the cot, mm -hmm. and when you do, the familiar cold of the metal, the edge of the bed, just sends a sh shiver up your spine as your fingertips kind of just drag along that metal. Um, it definitely makes your uh, your mental fortitude uh, waver for just a moment. Even just the briefest of moments uh, where it drags you back to a time in which you are trying to escape. Right, enough of that. I stand up and I, uh, I just need to get yeah. some base from this. So when I exit the room, I turn and look and I see the employee's only door again. And I pause. Uh -huh. A twinge of curiosity just hits me and I go, why not if I check if it's locked or not? You can certainly do that. Uh, so you close your door, I'm assuming? Yes, I close the door, lock it up. and Okay, so uh, you make your way down the hall. Uh, it's out of the uh, the three, it's on the same side of the hallway as you. Um, it has, because that side of the hallway is one, three, and employees only. Um, you make your way down the hall a little bit. You see the door. You go to try it. Um, give me a sleight of hand roll. A sleight of hand roll. I'm trying to think. Um... And would that be like a uh, dexterity or? It is. It is dexterity. So it'll be a plus one to a d20 roll. Yeah. Oh, okay. Three. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> a good time. So you sneakily make your way up to the store, uh, trying to be like curious and just make yourself look nonchalant. Um, and you get up to the door and you, just a couple of fingers in the door, not of it. You thought you were gonna be nice and quiet. Just the way that you start, you feel like it's stuck and you go to move it back the other way. And you realize these doorknobs make an awful lot of noise. Uh, <laughs> you look around and you're pretty sure no one heard you. Um, and uh, no door seems to be locked with this really rattly kind of doorknob. Um, so you go to uh, go to leave the upstairs, I assume. Mm -hmm. uh, like after like seeing that's locked, I'm like, I come to my senses and I'm like, uh, the barkeep has shown extremely good will to me. I probably shouldn't break into restricted areas. So I uh, very nonchalantly just 
walk downstairs, pretend nothing's awry. Um, get to the stairs. Okay. And you hear the doorknob start to rattle as well. And as soon as I hear the doorknob rattle, I like quickly just turn around, snap back, and look at it, and just wait for a second. Might as well just just might as well just see what comes out. Are you standing in the middle of the hallway? I'm I'm standing like near the stairs. Like I'm like I I was like just about to go down. Okay. Um, so from the employees only door, you would say that you are still in line of sight. Um, so like, I, I can like somewhat like if I could, right. uh, 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 so knowing that, then I'll, so the, the doorknob will rattle and sounds like it's getting unlocked from the inside. The door will, will open and out will pop a uh the face of a woman who's uh who looks like she's in her mid-20s or so uh and it's certainly interesting she has a uh has more of an animalistic look to her she looks mostly human however there are uh there are parts of her that look like she's been, uh, what better way to put it on uh, that she's been like spliced almost with a fox. And uh, she looks very uh, disgruntled that she was interrupted. Um, she has long black hair and glasses that sit, uh, sit at the end of her nose. Uh, and, uh, the the fur on the top part of her face will kind of scrunch as she looks down the hallway and she will look i had it open thank you dice roller uh being in florida i don't have my dice um Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the door will open and you'll see this fox human lady uh, look down the hallway and she'll make a, a prolonged amount of eye contact with you. And it'll just be a stare down for like a solid five seconds. I decide to introduce myself. Hello, my name's Bones. What do you Bones? want? Oh, nothing. Just curious. Uh, but, you so you, you were curious enough to try to get into my door? No. Just mm. twinge of curiosity. Then did you happen to see the uh, bonehead who tried rattling my doorknob? I can't say I have. These eyes of mine, they haven't been so good. Uh, like, they're uh, unlike yours, that you're very young. You must be able to see anything from miles away. Well, if you do, and then her face will go from a cold uh, accusatory to 
a very cheerful, uh, can you make sure that they don't do that again? I'm doing very important work in here. Okay, thank you. And then she'll go back in the room and close the door very quickly. And you can hear it lock from the other end of the hall. I like, like, like I pause for a moment, like just to think for a second. Then a sly smile goes across my face. I go over to the door, lean against the wall next to it, pull out my flute and start to play a little ch- a little chime, just something that sounds lovely, but just loud enough to bother her. Because... Okay. <laughs> okay. You can hear uh, from the inside of the room the like a pounding on the wall. And it's not the wall that you're on, but just in general, just like a pounding on the wall to be like, hey, knock it off over there. And then there'll be silence back from inside the room. I, I smile, I, t- I look at my flute and just like tap, like tap the side of my cheek before shrugging, putting it back in my coat pocket and being, and just like thinking maybe a little bit longer, but siding against it. She does have very important work, doesn't she? I do proceed back down the stairs mm-hmm. um, and out the door, th- making a mental note too, maybe just to see what she's working on later. Because I wonder what's, what's so important that she could be working on that's in a tavern. Like it, it could just be random bookkeeping, but Nothing that would really arise that sort of reaction unless it's something a bit more secretive. The world may never know. But you uh, you continue on? Uh, yes, I continue on downstairs. I go out uh, through, uh, when I walk through, I give, I give the uh, bartender a little, like, like a little happy wave uh, before um, exiting and going off towards the forest. Okay. Uh, you will follow the path that's denoted on the uh, on on that paper, and um, from there we're going to switch gears a little bit. And uh, Marlena. Okay. All right. So Willow finds herself uh, as well on uh, Sinratum, and the. You find yourself in that southern hemisphere as well. Um, mm. you f- being a wood elf, more uh, comfortable in that rural kind of setting. Um, you've definitely noticed that the woods around here have felt different. Um, there is an eerie magic that's kind of crept into the trees, and it's almost as if um the woods themselves just feel wrong so uh you uh the even though uh you said that willow has a bit of uh of stage fright uh feeling so strongly about this matter willow has taken it upon herself and put on a brave face 
and uh, grabbed your instrument. What instrument does Willow play? A pan flute. Good choice. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. I think nice. I have another one, but that's that's my main. Nice. I'm also looking at uh, the other stuff that you have in your pack. Yeah. I can take stuff out too. Austin told me I might have a little too much. That's fine. We can talk about that later. Uh, right now, I'm really digging the ring of warmth that you have in there. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of assuming that that's just so you don't freeze to death. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a that's a nice little trinket. Yeah. I mean, my main the way I was thinking about it was my main kind of like backstory thing is this. I'm kind of like on my own in the woods traveling to my thing like performances and whatnot but it's like most of the time I'm just on my own I like to stay like that more so it's kind of I have what I need to survive or I would like to try to have like most of what I need yeah um okay I like it guess oh yeah so um you again taking it upon yourself to try and uh to try and uh figure out what's going on um you've heard a rumor that there are um there's something to do with a local settlement of orcs uh, that live deep in the wood who are at the base of a mountain and just something about what they're doing up there is um, just tainting the magic in, in the woods and um, feeling so strongly about it no backup you and your pan flute you just decided yeah this is a good idea and yeah. you ran into the woods to go see what was going on all right um, can I have you give me a roll? Yes. I think so. Yes. Okay. 12. And that includes the plus three? Yes. Okay. Um, so it, you have a, a fair understanding of how to make your way through a wooded area. Uh, I should assume so at this point in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, because of the magics kind of affecting the wood and you not being familiar with said effects, um, you found yourself a little turned around. And, and it's it's been a few hours at this point. Um, and you don't have to worry about the elements or anything like that. Um, this time of year, um, it's, think, late summer. So, like, it could start to get cold soon. Mm. Um, but nothing to worry about just yet. Um, so, you found yourself... Uh, a few hours into trying to track this down you got a little turned around um, 
But eventually, you do find a path that leads you, um, that you can follow and leads you to a fork in the road. Now, which way do you want to take? The right path. The right path. Yeah, I know, but which one do you want to take? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Right. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you take the path on the right and you can see that out of the two of them, this one is the less traveled. And, um, but you are very, uh, very clear in your decision to follow this path because who knows? Um, what might be at the end of it. And Willow will follow this path and you'll notice that after about 20 or 30 minutes of walking through the woods, um, you're gonna start to feel a little uneasy. Um, and you can see that the, uh, the trees start to look almost like they're in black and white the uh after you know one other 20 or so feet um the trees are starting to look withered kind of like uh they've dried up or they're starting to dry up um and they're the color around them is starting to uh is starting to fade and it just doesn't feel right to things around you are just uh, very uneasy. Uh, what would you like to do? Well, I already got lost and I've already been out here for a while. Mm -hmm. So I want to keep going, but it's also okay. So I think I'd like to continue cautiously. Continue cautiously. All right. Um, so taking your time and trying to inspect as you go and see the area around you and the effects that it's having. Um, it's not just the trees. It's the little plants. It's the um, it's the uh, the animals at a certain point. You can see what looks like a dried up uh, mouse that tries to scurry up the path. You can see that it's trying to run, but like it's almost like gravity is pulling it backwards. So it's trying to run, but it's staying like in the same place and it's kind of slow and it looks just shrunken. Like it's at this point, it looks more skeletal than anything else. Mm -hmm. um, it'll look up at you with these sunken, tired eyes, and it'll try to run off the path. But in that same sort of like slowed down panic, um, and it'll just take forever trying to get off the path. Um, continuing on, you can see that the trees start to uh, 
start to part and um, you can see uh, at the base of the of where the the hill starts to ascend for this mountain um, you can see that there is a cave opening in this uh, in this small plateau area where it's been deforested um, it almost looks like the area in front of this cave is devoid of life. Dirt is black. It's almost nauseating at this point. Could I actually get you to roll me a um, a constitution saving throw? Yes. Also on a 20? Yes. And this is just a plus one? Yes. Okay. 11. All right. Um, when I said it's almost nauseating, I meant it. The uh, the effect of the area, it's it's almost like it's the energy is like in between your joints. Like it feels weird. Uh, you, it it definitely almost pushes you to a point where you almost throw up at a at a certain point. Um, but you're able to choke it down just inspecting the area you can see that the area itself is just barren what do you want to do so after continuing on for this long and knowing how far i've walked and everything i would like to see if i can look around a little bit more and decide you know if there's anything worth not really if there's anything worth taking because there's not but really imprint this into my mind so I know what it's like, so I can remember it. Okay. And then I would like to try to find other people. Okay. So it feels uh, like I know there's something in this cave, but I don't feel like I should go at it alone. That's probably for the best. That, yeah. That's, that's your, uh, your self-preservation talking. Mm. Um, the... So you'll see, inspecting the area a little more, that the uh, feeling the dirt, uh, I, I said the dirt was blackened, but feeling the dirt, you can tell that if somebody were to plant something here, um, it wouldn't grow. In fact, it would probably kill the seed. It's um, this area, whatever's happened here is just, devastating to the environment. You can assume this is probably where the, the feeling in the forest is coming from. Mm. So inspecting the cave a little bit, not going into it, but just from like the middle of this like plateau area, you can see what looks like 20, 30 feet into the cave, the remnants of a campfire. It looks like it was put out recently. The remnants of the logs that are in there are still smoldering. Um, and so you can still see the the glow from the embers. However, the color is also gone from inside the cave. So it's a, like a gray, dull glow. And just this overwhelming sense of uneasy washes over you that maybe you aren't alone. What would you like to do, Willow? Hmm... It's a good question. <laughs> you did say that you wanted to leave the area, but if that had changed, 
I'm starting, my character's starting, she's starting to second guess herself. She's still kind of like, well, it's already really gross out here. She'll probably still turn around. So while still being extra observant, I would still like to attempt to find other people to go into this cave with me. Okay. Um, So you'll you'll leave the area then. Mm. Um, And you'll follow the path back away from from this area, keeping an eye on where you're going and being very observant to, when you do find help, able to help lead them back, um, doing your best to put that to memory. And as you make your way away from this cave and away from the darkened, blighted area, uh, you do start to feel better, which is good, but sucky for the forest because now you know where this is coming from. You don't know why, but you know where and you start to make your way through the woods trying to see what you find gabby yes <laughs> i'm ready let's cause some chaos oh god okay this we, is we pull up sienna's just uh for the record my character's a rogue mm-hmm. mm. and uh i fully intend on playing this as a rogue so this is gonna be fun ah you are aboard your vessel, the vessel that you and your uh, your co-pilot both inhabit, as well as your uh, your machinist mechanic companion. Describe to us and to the viewer what your vessel looks like. Okay, so the easiest way to describe this <laughs> is it's essentially the Millennium Falcon, but it's got like longer backside. So it's not so round in the back. Like it's got the little, like it's got that shape, right? It's the the teardrop shape, but um, cockpit is in the front, like coming out from the two little jets. Like they're two little, what do you, what would you call them? Like, like, what would you call them? The, the, the prongs? I, the, yeah. 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 Like the, the prongs. Sure. Yeah. And um and then it has like these two elongated pieces in the back. So it's got like it's almost a square, but like it comes together like a bow tie. I don't know. This is so hard to describe. I thought this was gonna be easy because I'm staring at it, but it's not that easy. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> that was terrible. That was a terrible description. You're all good, don't you worry. Um, but the shape doesn't really matter. What matters is like the state of of the prism. So that's the name of the ship. It's called the prism. Um, prism. Yeah. And uh, the state is what's most important. It's got like rusted panels and there's like green stuff growing on it. And there's like stuff falling off. And it's, it's in a pretty sorry shape. Um, mostly because of uh the nature of the ownership of the vessel (laughs) um yeah i'll just say it uh she stole it from her previous uh crew who are now all in jail so now it's a wanted vessel so she can't just take it into any station to get it fixed um and so she and the crew have to take care of it by her by themselves i think that covers it yeah oh also there's uh, a giant crystal on the inside yep of and course. that like runs it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, couldn't be more obvious. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, the prism. 
Mm -hmm. uh, powered by this crystal kind of magic, the crystal technology in the center of the ship, the crew will find themselves uh, jolted and the blur from outside of the ship where this, uh, this extra this extra planar kind of travel that you were in suddenly comes to a screeching halt and you find yourself staring down the center of the Republic of, of, of the galaxy. You see Sinratum. I know how to say it. I, didn't, <laughs> I made up the name. I should be better at this. Um, you see Sinratum uh, come into view just so abruptly with the stars twinkling around it. And you can see on one side, of course, the very heavy metropolis advanced side of the planet and the other side being this kind of gray, sort of modernized, but some patches of, of green dotted along the way. Uh, one, planet, one side of the planet is definitely taken care of and grown into this, this amazing uh, metropolis. You can see that like in some points, some of these buildings, some of these structures actually extend into the atmosphere. You can see that from this vantage point, which is incredible. Um, the other side of the planet, though, is um, what you can see through the clouds. No, that's fog. Oh, gross. Um, you can see uh, is definitely not taken care of and not modernized in the same fashion. Okay. But the prism will come out of this extra planar type of, uh, of speed back into the normal uh, way it traverses the universe and it'll just come crashing out of it and uh, both Sienna and her co-pilot, a half-orc man who has uh, long, long hair that's pulled back into a ponytail, into a couple of ponytails off of the back of his head. Uh, he has a deep green skin or a a pale green skin with deep green under the eyes. Uh, he has two uh, decent sized tusks and a look about him that is just the most dumb that anybody's ever been. Oh, my boy. <laughs> He's wearing a leather jacket on top of a tunic and he has a, a small crystal that's hanging on a necklace. And the, the crew, the three of you, um, are thrown for a second and uh, a red light will fill the interior of the prism and uh, you can hear in a vague gnomish from under some panels where he was working. It doesn't sound friendly uh, and that's all you can really make out. <clears throat> but then you can hear your co-pilot who was in the cockpit, and you can hear him groaning. So is there a reason we stopped, or is it just stopped can, working? When you go into the cockpit, you can see he is uh, on the floor, and you can see there's smoke coming from uh, part of the console on the left back side. The, the red light in the prism starts to flash. That does not sound good. Oh, speaking of sound, uh, 
Longin, uh, are you going to tell me what's going on or am I going to have to figure it out for myself? Hold on. You're not first to talk. Right now it's my concussion. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. Something we just dropped out of extra planar. I, well, I don't know what happened. Something on the ship is broken. I don't know, but Ani sounds really upset. Probably no more than usual. No, no, it's, he's pissed. No more than usual. Lanjin will stand up and you can see like, he'll stand up and then almost fall back over. Whoa, whoa, take a break, sit down, sit down. I, I can, I can, I can do this. I'm, okay. I, know, I know my ship, okay. right? Go find out for Marnie what's going on then. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay. Sit down. Uh, Make sure we you, don't plummet out of space. Yeah, he uh, he looks like whatever lunged the ship out of that extra planar speed. Uh, yeah, no, he must have hit his head hard. He he doesn't look like he's in a good way. So uh, you go to find Arnie, the gnome-sized automaton, the the warforge that you have on the ship. He's the chief mechanic, and you'll see like there's near the the giant crystal, there's panels on the floor to get underneath to work on other machine parts. Mm-hmm. You can see those panels are open and they are smoking. Oh. Uh, you can see, you get close and as you do, a tool <laughs> flies past your head. And just vague, angry, like gnomish from below. Okay. I'm going to poke my head over, not like down into the hole, but just like enough to be able to see him. And I'm going to say, um, I had a feeling that that was meant for me. It seems, actually, give me an insight roll. 15. 15. Okay. Uh, it seems like he's ignoring you and he's <laughs> angry about whatever he's working on. He said something in Gnomish, but you don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> actually, I do speak Gnomish. Do you? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. So he'll say in Gnomish, you're going to hear this fucking thing, I swear to God. And you'll see, like, he'll rip out uh, one of these giant industrial, like, tubing-looking things. And as soon as he does, just that entire area just fills with smoke. For fuck's sake! Ah, what's up, <laughs> And he'll try to plug it back in. Uh, the ship <laughs> still be flickering, but almost fade to black, but then come back up to the red blinking. Longin from the other si- side of the ship. What happened? It's nothing. Don't worry. We've got it under control. I've never been more worried in my life. No, no, don't, don't close your eyes. Just uh, take a nap or something. I don't know. What What do you do for somebody who has a concussion? I don't know. Um, um, no, actually, I don't know. Just hang out for like five minutes. I'll be right there. Arnie in the, uh, in the hole will continue to try to work on the ship. I don't know why this is happening. I just, I can't understand it. I, what the, and he'll, He'll just be angry. Uh, something happened to the ship, and he doesn't understand why. You've been with Arnie and Longin long enough where, like, for them not to know what happened to the ship and why it's acting the way it is, 
even though you know it's falling apart and held together with paper clips and, and chewed gum yeah the fact that even still they can't figure it out that should be concerning so i'm gonna go back to the captain like the the, the pilot's cockpit? bay yeah yes. the cockpit and uh, i'm gonna sit down in the chair and i'm gonna go okay so there's good news and there's bad news um i told you i was concussed and you told me to sleep do you hate me i know nothing about concussions i i'm i'm not a medic what what do you expect from me all i do is pilot the ship and then i go and i get the pixie dust and then i come back and then i sell it to people at a very very upcharged rate i don't see anything wrong with that oh you're a mess tell me what Arnie said okay so like i said there's good news and bad news uh which do you want to hear first I could not care less. Just tell me, Sienna. Okay. Good news is uh, we're going to get to go down to um, St. Rotum for a little while. Bad news is Ani has no idea what's wrong with the ship. And she's smiling like the whole time. She just blinks at him. So... You say that we're going to Sinratum. That's not our choice, is it? Because he can't fix the... I mean... Are we crashing? No, we're not crashing. Just a little bit. The sound will come back and be a little bit louder, almost cosmically comedic timing. Um, Okay, now we're crashing. Uh, the display on the console will indicate that the landing sequence of the vessel has not kicked in because of whatever's wrong with the ship. And uh, the external temperature is damaging the hull more than you expected. Oh, no. And yeah, yeah, essentially, that's what's happening right now is that you're crashing. But and gracefully, we're, we're crashing gracefully. <laughs> as just things are loud and like a small fire starts on the console, uh, Longin will look at you and go, Hooray. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna grab the. I don't know. What, it's not a wheel. It's like the the. I want to say yoke, but I'm also really tired and fried, so like I don't know if that's right. I think that's um, it. Cool. Um, so you you grab the the ability to steer the ship. Um, yeah. And you grab one of those. You grab the other of the two because there's the pilot and the co-pilot. Mm-hmm. And um, you grab that. You try to pull back to try to like level out the ship. Uh, give me the wisdom. So a d20 plus one. Yeah. So if you could. Actually, uh, give me a wisdom check at disadvantage. I'm also going to be rolling for Longjun. Damn it! That's a seven? All right, so the first one I got was a ten. 
And the second one was also a seven. Um, so when you said crashing, <laughs> we're literally uh, falling out of the sky. <laughs> you're actively falling out of the sky. You at least you're aimed at the, the side of the planet that isn't the bustling metropolis. So you're not going to start an intergalactic, what you call it, because you're probably not going to hit anything important. Falling um, with style. Okay. Both Austin and Marlena. Austin, having left the uh, the tavern about half an hour or so ago, um, and Marlena, who had uh, left this camp, this uh, the campsite, this blighted area in the woods. The both of you will see in the sky what looks like a comet. Both of you living in the world that you live in, living in the 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 time and the galaxy that you live in understand that this comet the closer it gets that's not a comet that's a ship that's fallen through the atmosphere and you can see that it looks like it's almost falling equidistant an equidistant distance from the two of you um so uh you can watch as this vessel plummets out of the sky uh, trailing black smoke and fire as it lands in a part of the forest, um, which for both of you would take about an hour to get to. What do you do seeing this fall out of the sky? Like, I would immediately just stop, like, and head... Stop where I was doing, head directly to that direction because, yes, orcs scare. That's money, right? But people crashing and dying, they could be in trouble. And my character would stop at nothing to save someone. All right, Marlena, what would you like to do? Um, I felt the same train of thought. While I recognize that there is something very, very bad happening in this part of the forest, I also understand that the more imminent danger is to any people or, you know, any life forms that could be in the ship. You right. guys are both much yeah. better people than my character is. They are. <laughs> this is good. She needs that. That's good. Yeah. It's good. So uh, the two of you will take about the next hour or so to uh, to run into the in the direction that you saw where this this vessel is plummeting, um, and as you're hightailing it there you can see and gabby you and longin and arnie will uh feel as the ship starts to brush along the top of trees and you can feel as the landing gear does get extended and it catches on some trees and spins the the ship around and just cuts through and decimates part of this forest and buries part of the ship into the dirt. Gabby, how much health you got? Health? Yeah. Um, I have 21 HP. Okay. Uh, you're going to take six points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Um, and walking away from the ship with only, only that kind of damage, you literally fell out of orbit. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So uh, Longin is in a bad way. He's um, he's barely able to keep his eyes open. Uh, you can now tell that uh, it looks like his leg is broken, and he's barely able to keep conscious. Okay. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna be like there. I'm not I'm not letting him close his eyes. I'm like you're not dying on me today. Um, not actually slapping him, but like just like a pat, just like a cheek pat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm no, okay. No. Hello? You see me? How many fingers am I holding up? Twelve. N- n- try again, sweetie. Uh, try. Um. Come on. I hold up two fingers. He'll puke. <laughs> In my lap. Uh, he'll, he'll do his best to not hit you, and he won't. But just like the trauma he's in right now, he's not in a good way. Okay. Um, it's okay. Arnie will stumble into the room at this point. Uh in Nomish he'll say, In what I have to fix him too. No. I mean, you don't it's this is different. It's not the same. Get out of the way. And he, and he'll push you out of the way. You can tell. That like the sort of way that like when I'm not comparing Arnie to being like a pet, but like when a dog gets like overprotective of their owner when they're hurt. Yeah. Like See, you I'm can just... you can tell that like he genuinely cares about Longin. Yeah. And so him pushing you out of the way isn't about you, it's about his care for Longin. Yeah. Sienna's genuinely freaking out. This is these are like the only two people in her whole life. Like these are she would literally die for these people. And like one of them is seriously injured. She is freaking out. She has no idea what to do. Yeah. Longin will mumble something and Arnie will very uncharacteristically um tell him to it's okay in Nomish. Uh it's okay. Take a deep breath. Don't have to fight. Don't have. It's okay. And he'll try to calm him down, and he'll try to like stop any bleeding that he sees, and he'll try to like um, he'll pull out like the water skin that's hanging from his uh, from Longin's belt, and like he'll try to like he'll just try to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you want to do? I have no idea. She, I like, I feel like Sienna's at that place where like she just can't do anything and she feels really helpless and she's like, so she's just kind of sitting there watching. So because Warforged, um, you, you, you're looking at, uh, Arnie in front of you who's trying to tend to, uh, Longin and his, and his head will just, com- Arnie, Arnie's head will just completely. 180 and look that's at a you. horrifying thought yeah uh and it'll just 180 and look at you and go perhaps in gnomish um and he'll say perhaps you should go check on the ship okay hey um i can do that i know you can go get it done okay the okay. deep breath i don't need you dying on me either i'm fine i'm fine she just has like a little cut on her eyebrow and it looks kind of cool. 
uh, you can see him very easily roll his eyes because like those optics will actually spin. <laughs> um, yes. And his head will then continue the 360 and look back at Londren. Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get up and go back to like where Arnie was doing the work at the crystal and like poke my head down in there and see what's going on. You can see that the is crystal it... in the center of the ship. The crystal's okay. Okay. Or at least that's what it looks like. The There doesn't seem to be any damage to it. Um, and as far as whatever was happening below, you can see that some of the pipe, the the piping or the tubing, the steam has uh, condensed and there is some kind of liquid that is, uh, that's pulled down there. It may be an oil. I, you, you're not entirely sure. Is it big enough that I can jump down there? Yeah. Okay. Um, can I roll? Let's see. Can I roll? What would this be? This would be, I would say investigation. Investigation. Okay. Ah, chetos. Not very good at investigation. No, you are not, actually. I'm really bad at investigation. That's a 10. It's not that you can't tell what's going on down here. You're also very frazzled. You just survived a a, a, a vessel crashing um, and the trauma that comes with seeing your best friend uh, and a very broken leg. That was things poking out where they shouldn't be. He is not in a good way. You just saw that with your own two eyes. Like yeah. your mind is not entirely all in that that. I know what I'm looking at. Like, you know what you're looking at, but like, it's not all there, you know? Mm -hmm. So you are able to take the time to try to look over everything. And it's the best that you can make out is that maybe something just was old and went bad, but you're not, you're not even sure that you're able to get to it from this open uh, hatchway. Maybe there's a way from the outside of the ship, uh, but you're not entirely sure. Okay. I'm going to poke my head back into the pilot deck. What are, what are we calling it? I don't even know. Uh, we can call it the... Uh, Cockpit? No. Uh, <laughs> you said before, like, the uh, like the pilot's bay or something like that. Okay. Oh, Austin just said the bridge. The bridge. There yes, we go. Yes, thank you. Oh, the bridge. Thank you, Austin. So, yeah, you can poke your head back into the bridge, and you can still see... Uh, Already taking care of Longin. Okay. I'm not going to like walk in or anything. I'm just going to keep my head poked through and I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to take a look from the outside. I can't really tell what's going on from, from in here. So I'm, I'm going to go look. I'll be back. Don't die while I'm gone. Just the head will rotate to look at you in the doorway. And he'll continue what he's doing. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that I have it. Okay, thank you. So uh, she like she like wipes a little tear. She walks out uh, the little the little bridge. I feel like it would just kind of like sputter. It's not really out all the way. It like half opens, and she has to like crawl down through it to like jump out. I'm assuming that like the bridge and like the way to get out is like basically right below it. Yeah, it's like around the corner. It's like a. So if, the, uh, the, the landing door will come down and instead of going all the way, it'll stop kind of like here. 
Yeah. You'll see like one of the hydraulics will kind of lower one side a little bit lower and it'll be like, and it'll kind of like stay like two thirds the way open. Yeah. But you can get out if you crouch. Um, okay. Just give me a D20, by the way. Okay. 18. 18? See, now I roll high when it, when, <laughs> when we're not uh, crashing out of the sky. Yeah. You, um, the, uh, as you're most of the way up, down the landing the landing platform the uh it the other hydraulic will kick in and it'll just kind of drop like full open but you being dexterous uh you just kind of and like keep your footing and you're like okay and continue off of the ship okay i'm gonna go like around the front Okay. And go between like the two prongs, so like where the window to the bit to the bridge is, so like where you would see out. But I'm gonna go under, so it's not like in the ground, right? It's like there's still a little space. Um, let's see real quick. So you remember how in episode five, mm -hmm. um, when Luke accidentally crashes on Dagobah, yeah, and how the X-wing, like he's able to get out of the ship. And for like a solid second, like the X Wing's like half in the water, mm -hmm. kind of like that. Okay. Where like you're still able to get out, but like the back half of the ship and like the thrusters and all of that is covered by debris. It's covered by dirt that when you hit the ground, flew back up and then covered the ship. Um, looking at the path of destruction that follows the ship. There is a large section of forest that was uh, damaged in the in the fall. There are some swatches of the wreckage that followed you. That's um, very, very clearly actively on fire. Just start a forest fire. It's fine. It doesn't look like it's at the point where it's going to start a forest fire. However, um, there are there. Are, very obviously some trees that are on fire okay some trees and debris so i'm i'm gonna look around and kind of take a look at it and just kind of nod my head and go cool 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 this is so not a low profile yeah this looks like it's going to be a much more involved kind of rescuing of the ship Oh, um, no. but you can take some time to take some stock of the ship okay and, what, and what's going on and just take like uh like a mental inventory of things that are going to need to be replaced and while you're out there can i get a perception check please absolutely 11 okay they startle you because you weren't expecting anybody to be out here mm -hmm. um but you can hear something approach from two different directions. Oh, no. Not anything big, but you can tell that, like, there's something coming from that way and something coming from that way. And they're almost, like, making the same time. One of them might show up a little bit before the other one. But, yeah, so okay. uh, you have your burning ship, two points where something's coming for you 
What do you want to do, Gabby? Probably run back in and hide. <laughs> <laughs> like, this ship is abandoned. Nobody's in here. Don't come around. Don't poke in that cabinet because you might get a whole bunch of drugs falling out. Oh, my God. So uh, you run back inside. Yep. You scramble to get up the, the door, up the, uh, the load. I smack the button a few times, the... waiting for it to close. Uh, because of the damage to the ship, the landing uh, the landing door doesn't close. You can see like the hydraulics are trying to kick in, but not doing a good job at it. Um, but yeah, you run back into the ship. For Bones and Willow, could I get perception checks from the both of you, please? Okay. Uh, 17. Eight. Eight. Um, all right. So, Willow, you can tell there was something on fire that came through here. Um, you can see the path of destruction. You can see uh, very clearly this ship, and it's an older model. Uh, you can't quite put the name on what type of ship it is. Um, but you can tell that, like, whatever it is, it's in a bad way right now. Um, uh, Austin, roll me a d20. Either, okay. yeah, roll me a d20. What'd you get? Nat one. Oh! <laughs> first nat one of the game! Wait, what yeah. is this for? Like, Because my first roll, I got a 17. What is this roll for? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it was for. Oh, uh, God. oh no. Consequences. So this one, uh, you're trying to be cautious as you're walking up. Like you've seen one too many uh, ships go down before and you're prepared to see people who are hurt, people who are, who are freaking out. You're trying to walk up as cautiously as possible. Um, and sometimes that's easier said than done. Uh, being unfamiliar with the terrain, uh, your boots do catch a, uh, a small hole that was in the path, and uh, you do trip and fall and land on some roots. Uh, it's not enough to take damage, but you're like, whew, that's the wind knocked out of you. That sucks. And you do make a decent amount of noise where uh, Willow... You see, you see this guy, uh, a half elf. How old are you again? Uh, I'm twelve hundred years old, but I look about thirty. You'll definitely see. Uh, I was gonna say this guy who looks older, but like he, you actively said he looks thirty, and I can't say that he looks old because that would be calling me old. <laughs> You, you can see a guy in his late 20s, early 30s, what it looks like to you. Um, he, uh, he'll stumble out of the woods, out of a different path coming from the other side of this wreckage. And you'll see him literally stumble and fall on his face into the dirt. Um, what do you do? Normally, I'd be a little cautious of walking up on a stranger, but given the circumstances... I think I might try to go over and see if he needs any help. Fair for fair. 
Um, so you meander your way over to the, the stranger who hit the dirt. Uh, the closer you get, he looks half elven. So he's, uh, you know, the not so pointy ears, just ever so slightly. Um, but you see him laying there in the dirt, trying to roll over and catch his breath. Uh, looks like the wind was just knocked right out of him. Austin, you will see a uh, a wood elf woman who will be walking up towards you and in a non-threatening way, and she'll be standing there. Please take it away, you guys. Like, like I, I, as I'm dazed, I kind of look up and just see someone approaching. As you said, non-threatening. I'm like, uh, hello. Um, I'm Bones. Who are you? Uh, are you uh, were you uh, part of this crash here? Uh, no, uh, I saw it too, actually. Um, hi, I'm Willow. Are you are you okay? Were you on the crash? Uh, no, no, no. I was coming to investigate, see if anyone's all right. Um, no, just got the wind knocked out of me. Oh. Damn roots. <laughs> Do you want some help up? Um, yes, that'd be lovely. Thank you. I reach out my hand and help him up off the ground. Dust the dirt off his shoulders. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. Of course. Uh, so, uh, shall we? Sure. Uh, you'll see that the front of this vessel, it has uh, what looks like, they, they look like they're part of the design where the front of the vessel has two prongs uh, with a glass, the viewport for the, uh, for the bridge in the center of them. Below the bridge, you can see the uh, there's the landing platform door, which is already down. It looks, it's not like it's broken. You can see the hydraulics for that, that platform that are fully extended. So it looks like somebody had already opened this. But yeah, that's the front of the ship. Uh, it It's an older model. It doesn't look like it's in a good way. Um, that's probably something to do with the fact why it crashed. But this is what you're looking at. Oh, man, that ship's a beauty. Too bad it's crashed and burned. <sighs> Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, like I, I, pro- I start stepping up on the platform and I kind of knock on the side of it to announce myself. Like, hello, um, anyone in there? The um, lights, the lights are still flashing red. Yeah. And the, none of the other lights are on, so it's just so, red flashing lights. Yeah. So, in the inside of the vessel, you can see the faint red flashing lights, and just. Uh, uh, uh. I, I continue to enter in. I'm a, and I pause, like seeming to like, trying to remember like if I had anything. Like just, but I can't quite reach it. And, like, and I'm like, and I stop and I, I I'm Bones. I, I'm here to help. Um, is anyone injured? I, I have a, I have healing potions. Uh, Gabby, you can hear this strange stranger's voice coming from the. Uh... She don't like that. Saying, hey, I'm here to help. I have healing potions. Anybody want one? Sounds <laughs> like a trap to me. <laughs> nope, we're good. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna like scoot closer to Arnie and I'm gonna like put my hand over his mouth and be like, shh, shh, shh. No, no, we're not gonna say anything. It's okay. It's okay. No, this is obviously a trap 
I think I think that they they have to be part of the uh his head with your hand over will swivel so that the hand isn't on the mouth. You will hear in Gnomish uh, something loud from the bridge and it sounds angry and almost mechanical in the way that that it's talking. Gabby will hear, I don't think I asked you to touch me. Please don't do that. Okay, okay, I know, I know, I'm sorry. There's people here. They're here. And they're not touching me right now. They're my favorite. Okay, okay. But how do we know that they're not part of the URS? They know that this is a stolen ship. And again, louder than he's a, just loud in Gnomish, so they don't understand. But Gabby will hear very loudly. I don't care if they know this ship is stolen. Don't touch me. Get away. Okay, okay. I let go and I like take one scoop back. Like, yeah, you heard angry, you recognize it as gnomish. You just don't know what the hell it was saying, but it sounded angry. Um, like, can I, like, um, like, let's say I, like, I pull out, like, a handkerchief and, t- and like, t- quickly tie it around my, like, my flute, and it's just, I, I come in, like, I, I start, uh, go, I come in, I w- walk onto the bridge, like, with it, like, up, it, like, my hands up, and, like, like, waving, um, uh, the flute with, like, the white handkerchief on it, being like, um, Please don't shoot at me or anything. I'm I'm actually here to help. You're not part of the URS, are you? No. Uh Bones, you'll be offended by that question. It's like, like even though no. you're you're like you're trying your best to distance yourself from the Republic. Um, that's like a like a, during the rise of the Empire, somebody asking a clone if they were part of the separatist alliance alliance oh 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 i'm like, like no 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 or what were you a separatist it's like so it's just like no 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 not at all and like you could just see all this mixture of emotions on his face just like and then just no i'm not part of them so do you want my help yes maybe like i i I, like i can like uh, i will set the flute down if you if you you find it threatening i'm holding one of my daggers that i keep like in a holster like i'm holding it like ready to stab uh both austin and willow uh will see a a warforged uh dressed in an oversized tabard and some uh and some loose fitting pants and big heavy work boots and he'll it's a warforge the size of a gnome so on the the shorter side um and he'll be tending to a uh a half orc man in his late 20s um pale green skin uh looks like he's lost a lot of blood um broken leg very obviously broken leg um and uh, he doesn't look like he's in a good way. Um, you'll see the half, you'll see the gnomish warforged uh, looking down, and then its head will lift and just full swivel and look at you. Um, and he'll say something in gnomish. Uh, Gabby will hear um, 
Arnie and say, you said that you have medicine. And, and I'm just like, and I, I'm not sure like what he says. So I'm just like, uh, your friend seems hurt. Is it okay if I uh, go near him? Like, no. Like I do. Stay, stay there. It's like, is it okay if I reach into my pocket? Uh, when you say no, stay there. Arnie's head will full swivel back to you, and he'll say, "Who the hell put you in charge? He is hurt." I like, I like, turn to him and I kind of whisper under my breath. I'm like, this chip. I'm the one who makes the decisions here. I know he's hurt, but we don't know this guy, okay?" He'll swivel back to the two of you, the two of you in the doorway, uh, and he'll say something again in Gnomish. Um, and you'll see head still focused on you, but then like he'll get up and he'll stand up out of the way. But then you'll see him reach into his tabard and pull out a rather large monkey wrench. Oh god, okay. And then he'll just stare intimidatingly. Like at, at, at us or like Yeah, yeah uh, specifically yeah. at you, Austin, because you are the one who offered help. Yeah, um, I'm just like chilling. Gabby him. will will hear uh will hear him say, uh, "I'm going to get out of the way, and I want you to try to fix my friend. But if you hurt him, and then he'll that's when he pulled out the monkey wrench and is just standing there staring. But I, if you I, hurt I, him, I, I pause for a moment. I, I look, I look him up and down. I'm like, I just go. I, I set the flute down. I take off my jacket. Like basically showing all the pockets that are in it, just basically to show that I'm not about to pull a weapon. I pull out the potion and I approach, um, like, like the guy lying on the ground. I can't remember his name. You approach the half orc. Uh, I, um, I approach the injured man. Yes. Yes, you approach the half orc. Um, I'm still curled, like knees curled into her chest, dagger sitting there, wide eyed, like hair a mess, like face got a few cuts but she's fine like just like staring from the corner like absolutely petrified um so you only have one of these potions on you yeah um, uh, i only have one but it, like, again in my character's mind it's like if someone needs it he's not going to save it for later this person needs it now I'm going to use it to save them. All right. Uh, so you can kneel down next to the, the man. He is, um, he's in cold sweats. He's covered in his own blood. Um, you can see that he has a few, he has a, a big cut along his abdomen, as well as um, some bruising along multiple parts of his body. And his, uh, his left leg at the sh- the shin uh, is broken in such a way where the bone is sticking through the skin. So in order to have that heal right, actually, hold on. Give me a medicine check. 15. 15, okay. Uh, You know that um, having been on the battlefield before and seen people with broken limbs uh, in order to have it set and to set it straight, you're going to have to move that. You're gonna to have to try to place it in the right, right way. 
Okay. Um, uh, okay, and, uh, and because I know this, uh, I explain. It's like, okay, so his bone is out of place right now. For me, for it to heal properly, I'm going to need to put it back into place. It's not going to feel good, but this is right. for the his health. So please do not stab me or hit me with a wrench when I do this. And I, I reach down and I start to put the bone back into place. When you say that, the the tiny Warforge is going to put his hands up to walk over to the head of the, the half-orc, and he'll say something in, in Gnomish. Gabby will hear him say, Longin, I need you to know what is about to happen is going to suck. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to bite down on this. He'll take the water skin that he had from earlier and enough of it has been drank where he can take like you know the edge of it and flatten it out and then he'll have him bite down on that He's like so i'm going to count down i'm going to count down from three and when we hit zero this is what we're going to do so get ready what are you gonna do and uh you'll see the Warforged, and he'll say something and look at you. He'll say something else and snap and try to, like, get your attention, like... Uh, uh, you can tell okay. that he's counting. Okay. So, Gabby will hear him say three, two, and then he'll say one. Uh, I, and when he says one, I understand that he's counting, and I start to push the bone back into place. Uh, Sienna will hear her friend make a noise he's never made before. He is in so much pain. But with that medicine check, you're able to get the bone back into a place where you're, where once the healing process is started, that there shouldn't be any long-term complications from that. Gabby, this is the closest that Longin's ever shown to showing emotion before. Definitely. You can, you can see tears rolling down his face. Oh. Okay, I toss the dagger aside and I like scurry over. And I'm like on the floor. I like scurry over on all fours over. Yeah. Just like sit there and I'm like watching him, like intently watching him. Like this person cannot die. Like he, this, mm, 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 mm. So Austin, uh, you set you set the leg. Um, you have the assistance from the. Uh, from, from the Warforged who has his friend's like head stabilized. Do me a favor and now give me, uh, do you want me to roll for the healing or do you want to, or do you want to roll for it? I, I don't know, like, how about you roll for it? Okay, so I'm gonna roll. You'll get the bone, you'll get the leg set. Um, you'll start to uh, sit him up so you can feed him the potion. And when you do, you can see immediately the healing light as like the cuts on his face and like the bruising starts to like disappear. Uh, the cuts start to knit themselves back up. Uh, the cut in his stomach uh, knits up cleanly and is uh, a clean, a clean sort of scar uh, that cuts through the blood which went, which was oozing out of him. 
you can see the leg itself start to heal back over. And you can see that when the healing light finally dissipates, the leg is still like a red and swollen, but you can tell that right now it's in like peak healing if it were to be like set and left on its own and like bandaged and wrapped and everything. Like this has taken months of recovery off of whatever his his time would have been. Uh, it, it's still bru very bruised and very swollen. Um, and he's gonna need a mobility aid for a little while. Um, but this guy is gonna be able to walk again. And it's definitely because of you. He'll, uh, the half-orc man will shoot straight up, just covered in this this cold sweat. And he'll just look down at his at his leg and he'll just kind of touch it. Ah, thank you. Anytime. Tiana You're, throws her arms around him. He'll take a second where he just doesn't know how to respond. And then you'll like you'll feel one arm come up behind you and like it's like uh maybe he's delirious from the pain but like <laughs> like he'll he'll give you that hug back and like you can tell like he he genuinely means it uh you can see the half you can see the warforged place a hand on the shoulder of the half orc and it'll say something in gnomish i am glad you're okay and i'm glad that you decided to trust the strangers I'll find out why the hell they're on our ship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So I let him go, and I turn to you guys, and I just kind of look, and then I say, uh, <laughs> so what are you doing here? Well, we saw your ship crashing. It was like, you couldn't miss it. Like, it was like the sun falling through the sky. So, no, knowing what those types of crashes do, I came to see if I could help. I kind of pop my head over his shoulder and I just go, yeah, me too. And then pop my head back behind him. Oh, okay. Um, thank you for helping. Um, do you want money or, or uh, I, I don't know. What? No, no need, no need. I I don't do this for money. Okay. I, I just I'm glad that I can help. Hold on, hold on, oh, okay. hold on. You give people things for free. Um, I help for free. But you could be making so much money off of that. Yeah, I could. But why would I? If it's something necessary. Ah, Sienna, why would he? Look, you and I both know that if he asked for like four gold, we could spare four gold pieces. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna slip him money regardless. I mean, I, just, I was too. Um, but <laughs> and, and you'll see the half work and he'll like scooch around so he can like face you. I'll say, I'm so very grateful for the help. Is there anything that we could do to repay the favor? See, he said it a lot nicer than I did. 
I know. All, all, all I would ever ask is that if in need, you would help come to aid. Okay, are you in need? At the moment, no, but it would be, it would be nice not to travel on my own. Are you sure you're not in need? You were kind of wandering through the woods. Um, it was a job. Something about um, something about orcs terrorizing uh, some somewhere else, and I was going to try to well, I was going to try to see if I could negotiate to get them to go somewhere else. I don't know if it was going to succeed, but. It, I was going to try and see if I could resolve it peacefully before someone else took the job and ended up killing them all. I've seen You're enough. A much kill. better person than I am. Well, what about you? What? Is, why were you out in the woods? Kind of step out from around bones, and I sit there and I don't really look at anyone, and I go, "There's something wrong with the forest. It's." I don't know how to explain it. It's like it's dark and dying and wrong. Like something's taking all the life out of the forest and I I might need help to fix it, but I'm not sure how you can even go about something like that. Okay, well, I don't know either, but we're stuck here and the ship at the moment is unfixable, but we can't take it to anybody because if we do, then we get turned in. So, I have a proposition. Okay. I'm listening. We'll help you with whatever it is that you're doing while we're waiting for the shit to get fixed. And then we'll go from there. I don't know. I don't know what happens after it's fixed, but we'll help you with what it is you're doing obviously for some of the compensation that you're you're getting from from this job or actually better yet we you don't need to pay us anything because you help fix my friend all right sounds like a deal sounds pretty fair you two need to work on your negotiating and you don't take advantage of them. They they literally saved my life. How am I taking advantage of them? I'm literally helping them and they're not, not paying us like, anything. I'm not saying that you are at the moment, but I know who you are as a person. So if you two like need help with your orcs and dying forest, uh, we'll see what we can do right um that's all i'd ever ask for and maybe on on a side note just how how much are they offering you to fix this orc problem well i i pull out the sheet of paper uh, and i hand it uh to her and i'm like about this much i i did say that it, it wasn't specified on the paper right yeah, yeah, you did. Okay, yeah. Gabby, you very clearly say that uh, gold will be a reward. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, I know, I know. But like you I said, do I'm realize not... this means they're going to give you like nothing. 
Yes. You get nothing. You're doing it for free. Wouldn't wouldn't be a change from what I usually do. So. Oh boy, so I'm going to teach you things about the world. Oh, trust me, I know more than you ever will. I'm not sure that you do. I might look young, but trust me, I'm not. I mean, you just let these people take advantage of you. You're going to potentially kill yourself for I've free. Lived I've lived a long enough life. Oh, no, no, no. The good things in life are never free. Never give out good things for free. I've learned that the hard way. But if you want pixie dust, let me know, because I have a good stash. Ah, well, if I ever do, I'll take you up on that offer. Neither of you are police, right? No. No. <laughs> okay, okay, good, Sienna. good. I never said that. Sienna, shut up. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, I, I, I didn't hear anything, did you? No, of course not. <laughs> okay, so... We're in agreement. We're going to help each other with, we'll help you. Maybe you guys can help us get the ship unstuck or whatever. And this, we'll, we'll see how this works and we'll go mm -hmm. from there. Remember, we do need the ship to fly eventually. We do have a delivery we have to make That's at true. some point. I will try my best to help with any sort of repairs. But I can't say if I'd be the best. Um, like, he seems to pause, like kind of just rubbing his out of his head, trying to see if he can remember anything like mechanical knowledge. But he can't nah. draw anything. No, nah, nothing I, really. I look over at Will and I go, and you, you know anything? No, nothing that can help. <laughs> at least she's honest. Yeah. Uh, Arnie at this point will stand up fully head still looking at you and spin around and walk out the door where are you going i'm going to fix the ship okay let me know if you need help i did really good last time i probably won't help <laughs> okay. your new friends get out of my hair we're not friends yet i barely know these people they didn't know that he called them your friends. Uh, <laughs> now so, she just seems like an asshole. Yeah. Wait, could I have said it back in? Could I have said it back in gnomish? Uh yeah, you could have. Like, we just uh, so you would have seen her arguing in in common, and then say something like half under her breath, hurriedly, but in gnomish. <laughs> and then she'll look at you guys and the little warforged has left the room um Longin is now sitting with his back against the uh the bridge wall um and uh i think right now this is a wonderful place to stop i agree yeah. i also just realized nobody has any idea what sienna looks like uh <laughs> like all pink or something yeah she has hot pink skin yeah. And right she has, right. yeah, also blonde hair, but like shadow root. So, you know, it's not natural. It's <laughs> like bleach blonde. Yeah, like bleach blonde, but it's not natural. She's got a shadow root because she's like 
she doesn't have time to just sit down and dye her hair because she's constantly running from people. I feel like that was a good first session. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I'm glad that I'm you guys excited. liked it. I would like to thank everybody for joining us on Quest's first episode, uh, Galactic Descent. And I think that we all had a lot of fun. I had fun with it. I hope that you guys did. And I hope that you did at home. So thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode. Uh, We are a proud part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. You can check out more shows at rf4rm.com. You can also listen to Quest anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also follow me, Dr. Rowan, on social media. You can follow Marlena at mcmams413 on Instagram, Gabby at GabbyGent on all social media, and Austin at Unusual Subject on TikTok. Thank you guys again so very much, and I hope that you're looking forward to the next episode. <laughs> we got through the first session. Yeah. Okay. Editing. <laughs>